Uh, David, I've got a, a couple of questions for you. Uh, the first question is, uh, your job at the moment is uh, heading up training and, and development for CMS at, it's called St Andrews Hall here in Melbourne. Uh, if you had, I'm wondering, five minutes with a prospective ministry, uh, what are f- the five, I guess, most important things, five top tips that you would give them uh, for working cross-culturally? Great question. Um, there are some obvious things that I guess I'd want to talk about. Um, Jesus is everything, and loving him and following him and growing in godliness, I'm going to kind of take all of that as pretty fundamental. I don't need to tell you guys that. So some cross-cultural tips. First of all, um, suspend judgment. It's really easy when you go into cross-cultural relationships to encounter a situation um, that you don't understand and when you don't understand something that's going on, you kind of go into panic mode and attribute a negative um, reason for what's going on. Let me give an illustration. So if I walk up to a Muslim woman and stick out my hand and say, hi, I'm David, she will probably step back and put her hand across her chest. And I don't understand what's going on in that interaction. And so I will negatively attribute a motive to what's just happened in that interaction. And I will think, man, Muslim women are really unfriendly. And if she does the same thing, she'll be thinking... Wow, Western men are all really bad flirts. He's trying to touch me. And so suspending judgment, learning to suspend judgment and to keep thinking, I'm not sure what's going on here, um, but I'm not going to fall into that trap of assuming something bad is happening, that she's unfriendly, in my example, uh, until I've worked out what's going on. That's that's a great discipline uh, to grow in in cross-cultural relationships. Second tip would be learn language. No missionary ever in the history of mission has ever said, I wish I hadn't wasted so much time in language learning. Uh, So learning language is a critical way to learn culture. And even just learning people's greetings in their heart language is an incredibly generous and welcoming thing to do do for people. So learning language um, is something that we take incredibly seriously at CMS and is very hard for us if we're Anglos because we kind of have grown up in a whole culture that assumes it's fine to be monolingual. Like most people in the world are not monolingual. Um, so most people have got their brains wired to learn language and it just doesn't come that hard for them. Most of my Kenyan students would have spoken four languages. So when they learned their fifth language, it just wasn't so difficult as it was for me. Third tip, know your own worldview. Worldview is your sort of deep-seated, innermost assumptions. And so actually analysing your own worldview is really hard because it's all the stuff that you basically take for granted and assume about yourself. Uh, So understanding our own worldview. If you're an Anglo-Australian, you come from one of the most non-hierarchical cultures in the world, the flattest culture in the world. So when I was in Kenya, uh, all my students called me principal. Uh, I spent a year trying to get them to call me David. It never worked. I, nine years later, arrived in Australia. I 
that was at Ridley. At the end of the Ridley Chapel service, the students all came out, shook hands with Peter Adam, and they all went, hi, Peter, hi, Peter. One guy even said, hi, Pete. <laughs> Not sure how that went, really. P. Diddy. That's what we called it. We, we live in an incredibly flat, non-hierarchical culture in Australia, and that means that we do respect really, really badly. So we don't know how to respect people who come from unashamed cultures and demand that kind of respect if they're going to uh, be able to listen to us and engage with us. Uh, a friend of mine uh, is Korean. Her dad uh, arrived in Australia and was going along to language classes. And in the third week, the language teacher called him by his Christian name and he never went back. Fourth tip. Um, banish racism. I think we live in a culture that is quite racist um, in Australia. Let me give you some examples. Uh, my kids played rugby at private boys' schools in Melbourne, uh, you know, top-tier elite um, boys' schools, the kinds of places that give bursaries to Anglican clergy. In one first 15 rugby match, Uh, Their team was playing another elite um, grammar school in Melbourne. Uh, There was a a final kick, a penalty kick that was going to win the game that was taken by an Aboriginal boy. And the opposing parents started making monkey noises. Racism is, I think, pretty shocking in Australia. And it falls through into the church. So in my denomination, which is Anglican, did you know that in the Diocese of the Northern Territory, white clergy are paid salaries and Aboriginal clergy live on Centrelink benefits? Most people don't know that. So pray for Greg Anderson. He's got a lot of work in front of him. So there are some institutionalized attitudes uh, about racism uh, in our culture that I think it's, uh, we, need to, we need to work really hard to try and root out, and in particular, to root out an attitude of superiority. I've, I'm fed up with hearing how many times I apparently live in the lucky country, that we kind of live in the, the best country in the world. There's attitudes of superiority that we need to work hard at rooting out. Last one. This is getting a bit heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Last just one. Don't, don't just kind of use all your good material now. Just okay. Say Last one. Um, if, we're in, if we want to engage in cross-cultural relationships really well, we need to do hospitality well. Hospitality is an incredibly significant thing for most culture, cultures around the world. And how you do hospitality will open doors. And so finding out how to offer hospitality to people from different cultures is really important and perhaps even more difficult for us how to receive other people's hospitality uh, and receive their welcome uh, I think is a key lesson in cross-cultural relationships. Thanks David. But love Jesus, that's the most important thing. Thank you. Uh, A lot of us in in the room are pastors of local churches and uh, so I guess I'm wondering what are some practical things that we as pastors can be doing to to raise up the, the next generation of people who, who want to work cross-culturally, maybe come to St Andrew's Hall at some point and be trained by yourself? What are some uh, practical ways that we can foster that? 
I think the single most important thing that you can do is get your church praying for mission. And churches that pray consistently for cross-cultural mission are churches that consistently raise up cross-cultural gospel workers. Uh, So pray consistently for mission, get people excited about it, and get your church um, obeying our Lord's command to pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up workers for his harvest field. And if your church consistently is praying for mission and is consistently praying that the Lord of the harvest would raise up workers for the harvest field, yours will be a church that sets apart gospel workers to work cross-culturally. That's the most important thing.